turbulent times call for clear-headed insight. That's hard to come by these days, especially on TV. That's where we come in. Salem News Channel has the greatest collection of conservative minds all in one place. People you know and trust, like Dennis Prager, Eric Metaxas, Charlie Kirk, and more. Unfiltered, unapologetic truth. Find what you're searching for at snc.tv and on Local Now Channel 525. The Healing Word Program is a ministry of the Largo Community Church, where Christ is honored and people are loved. You're invited to join us in worship via live streaming this Sunday morning at either 9 o'clock or 11 o'clock. Visit LargoCC.org and click on Watch Live. What is the very, very best you can give to Jesus? Give your heart. And when you give your heart, you won't have any trouble at all giving everything else. During this season, we all enjoy the giving and receiving of gifts. It's a tradition that traces its roots back to the story of the Nativity and the wise men who, bearing gifts, followed a star that led them to Jesus. Pastor Morris is going to take us to Matthew chapter 2 today as we go to the message, The Wise Men's Gifts. First, I want to look at the people in the story from Matthew chapter 2. There were the wise men, the priest, and King Herod. Now, the wise men came from a far-off country because they saw the star and because they read the Old Testament and they knew what the Old Testament had to say about a king that was going to be born. And I pray the Holy Spirit will help us to know what the Word says about Jesus, the king that is being born and that he will be born anew in our hearts and we will experience his power and his authority over us. For there will come joy and happiness, peace that we have never experienced to that degree before or could never experience without his presence and his power. Now, it's interesting. These wise men, they were not Jews. Uh, They were certainly not Christians. Christians, followers of Jesus, weren't called Christians until uh, the time of the New Testament. At Antioch, and when we were called Christians, it was a derision. It was a scornful. It was a, a mockery. Today, we're happy and we're thankful that we're called Christians followers of Jesus Christ. But it didn't come to us as a compliment in the beginning. These three kings were actually heathens. They were idol worshipers, but they read the New Testament. They knew the New Testament. They paid strict attention to it. And I don't know why they were so interested being idol worshipers, interested in the Old Testament as they were, but they were. And they somehow came to the realization that, that, that God was going to visit this planet. And this God was going to be a king. He would rule over all ultimately. Only in the temporary sense would he rule over those who would give their hearts to him. But someday every knee would bow and every tongue would confess. Now they were coming to this realization by the power of the Holy Spirit by the Old Testament. And... and Listen to this. They came, most theologians and historians believe that they came from Iraq and Iran. Isn't that interesting? 
You've heard of those two countries, haven't you? Yeah, I'm sure you have. And they saw the star. They were astrologers looking at the heavens, and a new star appeared, his star. It had never been there before. It has never been there since. I've heard people from NASA and and the scientists say that the star of Bethlehem appears every so many years, but I believe it was his star and his alone that led them to the, to the Christ child, and they bowed and they worshiped him. Now, it took them approximately two years to get there. I'm an impatient man myself. <laughs> two years, I don't know whether I would have endured that long. I more likely would have given up and gone home. Two years, but they, they, they stayed at it. They kept going. They themselves were kings over territories, but they knew that there was a king that was coming that would be king over all the earth. It took them two years. Now, these were the wise men. Someone said, well, what about if they had been wise women? <clears throat> they would have stopped and asked for directions <laughs> and no doubt gotten there much sooner. Maybe they would have gotten there in time to help deliver the baby and care for the mother. But these were wise men, and you know, they, they're not going to stop. It took, but well, they did finally stop after two years. They got to Bethlehem, and they went to the palace, so that's where kings are supposed to be. And uh, they asked, where is he that is born king of the Jews? It was just natural to go to the palace mansion and ask that question. What better place? Well, they asked, maybe we would consider the wrong man. They asked King Herod. Now, King Herod, <clears throat> I don't know how to describe him, uh, a, a maniac, he, the Adolf Hitler of the Old Testament. Uh, he was a killer. Actually, he had his own wife and two brothers killed because he suspected them of treason. And then when the, the uh, wise men didn't return, like they said they were going to, like he thought they were going to. They had been warned in a dream not to return. This crazy maniac had all the babies killed two years and under. So Jesus must have been approximately two years old when they finally arrived. Then there were the priests. The priests had been reading the Old Testament ever since they were children. They, they were committed to the priesthood as little children, and they knew the Old Testament Jesus was born only five miles from Jerusalem where the priests were, and the priest who read the Old Testament, see, you can read it and ignore it. You listen to me now? You can read it and ignore it like the priest did, prophecy being fulfilled right before their very eyes, and yet they wouldn't go out of their way five miles, and they, they claimed to be the teachers of the law. They were the teachers of the law. But these heathens, these people from Iraq and Iran uh, came and bowed down, and it took them two years to get there, and the priest couldn't even go five miles to get there. You see, God is doing great things, and I pray that he will give us eyes to see, as I prayed over the word today, and ears to hear, that even today he wants to do something great and he will do something great, provided we have the spiritual insight and a heart open to hear and receive what he has for us. These wise men saw a star, and they followed a star. 
My prayer is that each of us would look and see what star God has put in our life to lead us to the Christ child. Now, that star might not be what we would call a star. It may be something difficult that is going on in our life, some sadness, some disappointment, some hurt, some pain. But if we will look to Jesus, if we will turn our eyes upon Jesus, as we sang, turn your eyes upon Jesus, look full in his wonderful face, that sickness, that hurt, that pain, that tragedy, that disappointment. Friends, God turns scars into stars. And he will take that that is going on in your life and my life, and it may not be a star now, but it will lead us to Jesus if we will allow it and follow it. Everything that happens to us isn't good, but God can turn ashes into beauty if we look to him. Can you say praise the Lord? He will do this for us because he is God and he will do great and mighty things. So there's a star in your sky. It may not be a a star today. It may be a scar. But follow it. Follow it. I've heard so many people say, it was that sickness. It was that ailment. It was that heart attack. It was that cancer that brought me to the Lord. Friend, whatever is going on today, don't complain, pray. Don't murmur, look up. Jesus is doing something, and he can fix things that you and I have no idea and no wherewithal to fix it. He's our God. These men followed the star. It took them to Jesus, and whatever it is, even my own dad dying of cancer in the hospital, I'm I'm inclined to say, thank God, if it took cancer, if it took cancer, and if it took death, thank God it led him to Jesus and eternal life, for this life is only a temporary event anyway. They followed the star, so follow it. What is it that's hurting you today? What is it? Think about it. Bring it to mind right now. Think about it right now. Think about it. When you give it over to the Lord, it's leading you somewhere. You may say, oh, that's from the devil. That's from Satan. It may be, but God can turn things, water into wine. He can bring about blessing where where there's tragedy. He's God. You're his child. Let him perform a miracle in your life today. Follow it today. Follow it. It'll lead you out. It'll lead you to Jesus Christ. Now, how are you responding? Herod, he opposed Jesus. He was afraid of Jesus. He didn't want to hear anything about Jesus. He opposed Jesus. He wanted to obliterate everything about the Lord Jesus Christ, even to the extent that he went to killing the babies. The priest ignored him, just absolutely ignored him. Many years ago, and I have never told this before because I'm embarrassed to tell it, and I'm even ashamed to tell what I'm going to tell now. I was asked to pray in, uh, in Congress downtown to, to go before Congress and, and open the session in prayer. And uh, th- I knew that <clears throat> they were 
people there that were not Christians who were members of Congress. And I knew that I was not to, uh, at least, to, uh, it was not de desirable that I would conclude that prayer in the name of Jesus. And so, as a young minister, <clears throat> being somewhat nervous, uh, going before this august body of of uh, representatives of the United States, I concluded my prayer with just an amen. I went along with it. To this day, I'm embarrassed. And by the grace of God, I'll never do that again. I'm a believer. I'm a Christian. I'm a follower of Jesus. And to deny his name. <clears throat> do you know that today there are those that are opposed to even greeting one another with, the, with Merry Christmas? Even stores, chain stores, don't want to put up the name uh, or the, the words Merry Christmas. People are trying to ignore Jesus. Now, they're, they're celebrating Christmas. They're putting up Christmas trees and, and Christmas trimmings, uh, but not Jesus. Uh, let's have a ball. Let's have a party, but leave Jesus out. Don't mention his name. Don't mention his name. Some of us, including myself, fell prey to that that terrible thing to leave out Jesus. God forgive me, I prayed that he would and I know that he has. But don't leave Jesus. I want you to turn to your neighbor right now and, and with a big smile, reach out and touch him and say, Merry Christmas! It's Jesus that brings the merriment and the joy and the happiness. It's Jesus that causes all of this to come about. Morris will return in a moment with the conclusion of today's message following this important invitation. Celebrate the birth of Jesus the entire month of December, not just one day, December the 25th. May the whole month be a celebration of Jesus' birth by remembering and rejoicing why he came to take our sins to the cross. December can be like no other. Come celebrate Jesus this Sunday at the Largo Community Church, Bowie, Maryland. Website, L-A-R-G-O-C-C dot org. Phone number 301-249-2255. I'm Pastor Jack Morris. There are two ways you can join us in worship at the Largo Community Church this Sunday. An in-person service will be held at 9 a.m. where you're invited to join us at 1701 Enterprise Road in South Bowie. Standards are in place to prevent the spread of COVID-19, including wearing of masks, hand sanitizing, and spacing of seats within the large auditorium. You can also join us via live streaming at 9 a.m. and 11 a.m. by going to our website, largocc.org, and clicking on the Watch Live button at the top of the homepage. And however you choose to join us, I'm sure you'll be blessed as we celebrate the birth of Christ and the true meaning of Christmas throughout the month of December. Now, let's join Pastor Jack Morris for the conclusion of today's message. Don't be like Herod. Don't be like the priest who ignore him and, and act as though he doesn't exist. Don't even be like your pastor who many, many years ago nervously went before a body and because they had other people there and they didn't want to hear the name of Jesus, I capitulated and, and bought into it and went along with it and, and to my chagrin and to my shame. God forgive me. Will you forgive me? Oh, you're a blessed people. You're a blessed people. But the wise men, they came looking. They came 
believing. And they came and they found. You know, you usually find what you're looking for. You're, you're looking for happiness, you're going to find it. If you're looking for something to complain about, I have a feeling you'll find it. <laughs> Where we live in an imperfect world. And don't forget, you're part of this imperfect world, and I am, and we all are. But these men came looking, and they found what they were looking for. And they bowed, and they worshipped. I'm always intrigued by the word worship. In all my spiritual life, I've been seeking the Lord to know better how to worship. What does worship mean? How do I truly worship in spirit and in truth? How do I worship the King of kings and the Lord of lords accurately, worshipfully, authentically? I don't want to be a, a phony. I, I don't want to go through just ceremony and rote. I want to truly worship him from my heart. I, I'm still learning. I, I'm still a child in the school of worship. How do I truly worship him, the one who is so worthy? Well, these these men knew how, and they bowed, and they touched Jesus with their heart, and Jesus touched them with their heart. Now, here are the gifts that they brought to him. They brought gold. Now, these gifts are, have a present message and a prophetic message. I'm, I don't think they really knew that uh, the, the prophecy that they were becoming involved in when they brought it. But gold, the, the most pure of metals, the precious of metals, the metal that is, that is worthy to give to royalty. Now, why did they do that? Uh, I, I think there was something in their heart. Uh, I, they, they didn't have an example. That no one else had done it before them. But I think it was something in their heart. Friend, if you follow your heart, I believe you'll worship Jesus. If you follow the, the feeling and the inclination of your heart, and they brought him gold, they had carried that gold for two years, wanting to bring it to Jesus, to give it to Jesus. Jesus was worthy. They, they had to do it. Friend, when you're stingy with Jesus, you've got a dried up, withered up life. Your life isn't full. These men, not Christians, I mean, it's, it's, it's really something how we have to in, invoke Christians to give their time, to give their energy, to give their attention, to give their tithe and offering. I mean, we, these were heathens, and they gave the very best. Why did they give gold? Why did they give the very best? Because God gave the very best of heaven. And people that don't give their best in worship, they don't give their heart, they don't give their praise, they're reluctant for some, for some reason, I'm not sure just, just why it is. They still don't realize, and they may be Christians, even baptized Christians, but somehow they still don't realize the gift that God gave to them. Do you know what he gave? The darling of heaven, the most precious gift. He didn't give an angel. He gave Jesus. He gave Jesus. And still some of us are having a difficult time knowing that he gave Jesus the very, very best. In giving Jesus, he gave us eternal life. Life now, wonderful life, abundant life, and life forevermore. He gave Jesus. Now, there's a message in that. What is the message in the, the, in the gift that was given? 
the best gift, the most precious gift. Looked all over heaven, God did, and he couldn't find anything better. Friend, let me ask you something. What is the very, very best you can give to Jesus? Give your heart. And when you give your heart, you won't have any trouble at all giving everything else. When you find it difficult to give, whatever it is. You see, Christianity is a religion of giving. God so loved the world that he gave his only begotten son. There, there, there is that that is called love, but it, it really isn't love. I don't know really what to call it, but it doesn't work like the love that works from the heart of God. I see love in marriage, and then I wonder, is it really love? Is that really love? You see, friend, the Scripture says, and, and I'm not going to give you my philosophy or my worldview, but the Scripture says love endures. Love never ends. Faith, hope, and love. And the greatest of these is love. If, if we have the love of Jesus and our hearts are, are possessed by that love, we cannot help but, but reflect it in all of our relationships. And that love will never end. The, the, the love of somebody else to us might end, but our love to them will never end. Our love to them will never end. I think a lot of marriages begin <clears throat> with infatuation, but it isn't truly love. We think we're going to get something out of it, not realizing that we need to put and give something into it. But at the love of Jesus will constrain us, uh, will implore us to give, to love, to serve, to be one with. Love binds. Wouldn't it be something like someone's, one minister said the other day, uh, interviewed on Hannity and Combs. He said, wouldn't it be something to receive a gift? I got this gift. Next year, I see you again. I haven't seen you for a year. And then you ask, hey, <clears throat> what do you think of the gift that I gave to you? I said, well, <clears throat> I haven't unwrapped it yet. You've had that gift all this time, and you don't know what I gave to you? God gave the world a gift of love, and many have yet to unwrap that gift and experience that love. Infatuation, lust, attraction, that is fleshly and carnal, and that will wear off, and that will pass away. But the Bible says, not your pastor, the Bible says, love never, never fails. And that's what God has given to us. He will love us forever. He will love us to the end. And when you come to this table this morning, I want you to see sacrificial love and experience it anew and let it warm your heart. For God is here to love you and to put his arms about you, to caress you, to hold you. You're his. People will be lost and, and go into eternity. Never go to heaven. Never experience the visible presence of God. And God will love them all the way to hell. Love. Love. Are you listening to me? Love. Pure love. Never Fails. Say it with me. Love never. The next gift is frankincense. 
This is the gift of worship. And I've been talking a little bit about worship this morning. They came. I don't know whether they were aware. I, I somehow think they were... Uh, the, they weren't quite aware of what they were doing, uh, but it was a feeling of the heart that they were following, and they were obeying their heart, and they brought frankincense. They brought it to the king. They brought it to Jesus. They brought it to Emmanuel. Somehow they knew that this was God with us, and they brought it to him, and they bowed before him. They brought these gifts. They loved him. And then they saw him. And then they experienced him. Love does great and wonderful things. And if we love him as he loves us, we will experience God's gift of heaven in a great and wonderful way. As we learn from today's message, The Wise Men's Gifts, Jesus freely gives us many gifts. But what do we have to give to him in return? What can you give the creator of the universe who owns everything? You could give him your heart, your love, and your devotion. That's truly what he wants, to have a relationship with you. I invite you to go on your own journey today and find him for yourself. Be sure to tune in to WAVA tomorrow at this same time for another edition of The Healing Word. Until tomorrow, blessings on you.